Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Hello and welcome to the week 11 edition of the Schooner Pod. I'm Bobby Howard here with uh, my co-host Jameson Maxwell. Jameson, it was a stressful one. I I was out there, you know, just freezing my my, my butt off in Lubbock, and we we both went through turmoil. You you were a victim of a fall wedding, I understand. Yeah, uh, it was a great time. It was one. It was my first buddy getting married, so that was kind of weird to see. But everyone at the wedding. Yeah, like the reception, everything all had their phones like propped up at the um, at the dinner table, and it was at, like Southern Hills, so it was like really nice. And we oh, just yeah. looked like spoiled little generational millennials looking at our phones the whole time instead of doing anything. But it was it was a game we had to watch because right off the bat we knew if if we came out fourteen zero, maybe we could have just turned it off and been like, okay, we're fine. But we came out down fourteen zero. Yeah, when you're in a fourteen nothing hole, that, that obviously will have some concerns. Um, honestly, like it was, it was one of those things where I, I kind of thought you would rebound, um, 14, zero, geez, like that, that just, that, that, that just, that was, that was rough. It was weird because the interceptions that led to it, they just didn't look like they were like close to a receiver. Like he just kind of threw it to a spot and the, the coverage was there and there's no one really in that area. I, they both look like they are miscommunications of some sort. I really don't know what happened. Uh, I've watched it over and over, and I have no explanation. Yeah, and if you really, if you look at all of Kyler's mistakes, he's kind of made. They've all been these kind of weird, under pressure, bizarre moves. Uh, the interception in the Texas game was very similar, where he just kind of yeah. threw it to a spot. Um, it's it was just it was just a very weird start for Kyler. I will say I kind of liked how he you know stabilized it a bit, but um, just a weird game for OU. I, I kind of thought it'd be weird in Lubbock, and there you go. It really was. Yeah, and I mean I hate to be kind of pessimistic on Kyler here, but you see that in the past big games that we've had this year, he's thrown and gotten multiple turnovers. Yep. So. He's been so efficient, and everyone's been praising him this whole year with efficiency, but when it comes down to big-time games, and I know Texas Tech wasn't the most big-time game, but it's still a 7 o'clock away game yeah. that he is turning the ball over. And I, yes, we got a small sample size, but it's still definitely something to be concerned about. Yeah, and um, I, I, I definitely agree. We won't see another 
Well, we actually will see a pretty intense road game coming to Morgantown. It's gonna it's gonna be intense. And so I'm kind of glad that we got this, you know, night, you know, uh, primetime game kind of out of the way. Get a little bit, you know, a little a little, a little bit of um, an, a, a, I guess experience because it's really been a lot of easy games, a lot of nice home games. Um, really, the only pressure he's he's faced was OU Texas. Yeah, and I mean. I'm not really the biggest fan that they've they've done that um, this year, where it's like we're going one and zero each week and looking at it. I, mean, I feel like that's just a cheap excuse saying we did really bad and we're moving on. Uh, I don't think really real teams go into it to a season saying we're going to take it one week at a time. That's extremely unrealistic. It's human to look to the future, of course. And uh, yeah, it's good that we got a lot. I mean, not a loss. Uh, really. Uh, close game on the road out of the way but it just shows you that there is something to be concerned about and with west virginia they come is the time a seven o'clock game it's a seven o'clock kickoff yeah. on a friday well then there you go yeah so it's it's gonna be intense i hopefully i don't know where people from west virginia are from other than probably the hills so they'll probably just come they probably won't be too far away so one thing i was thinking about it. is uh are they going to be Black um, Friday shopping instead? Or they, they, gonna... <laughs> yeah, they, they might be out there Black Friday shopping. You know, maybe they get distracted by the game. I, I don't know. Well, or they might just be really like their adrenaline is extremely up after fighting. Some they're all hopped up there. on Mountain Dew and moonshine. I don't yeah. know. It, it, it really could go one of each, one of. I I've got to get ways. out there. I've uh, got to get out there sometime. Yeah, it's it's on the it's on the trip or trip list. I can't make it this year, obviously. Or. It's just it's a really hard place to get out to. You got to fly into Pittsburgh, then drive an hour and a half. So it, that's but that's that's we're looking we're, we as a podcast are looking ahead. We got two games ahead of uh, before then. Both aren't going to be pretty tough. We'll we'll get to that in a bit. But um, in general, I, I I don't have you have you gotten a chance to kind of rewatch the game? Yeah, a bit? I, I rewatched the game yesterday, and like I said. Every single getting podcast, I feel like we always talk about defense. But with this one, I feel like I had a lot more to say about our offense. Um, I said that we're going to score 50-plus points in every single game for the rest of the year. We scored 51. Thank God for Robert Barnes' two-point conversion, yep. or else I would have been done. Yep. I'm starting to get a little bit more scared, but whenever you have two interceptions that gave away, most likely we would have scored on because we're OU's offense. And then uh, C.D. Lamb's double uh, in, like. In sportsman yeah, like the conduct. double. Yeah, the uh, yeah, that the, was the, the thirty yard conduct. Is it in sportsmanlike conduct and a uh, unnecessary roughness? Yes. So the un- so what I from what I saw, he thought that the guy, so the guy that was on the ground thought CD kicked him and he got up and CD just started chirping at him and yeah, everything. He, he Tyron Lou stepped him. Yeah, and I mean, come on, that just happens, and it was heated that whole game. People are realizing that we've got kind of a lot of tempers on our team and you saw that with k-state when they came out of the gate trying to really come at our offensive linemen talking about offensive linemen with tempers there's no way in any shape or form that if you have 10 more games cody ford's going to get thrown out of all 10 of them yeah Where what he did he just blatantly pushed uh, i mean he punched a guy right in the face and there's tape that came out today that showed the guy spitting at him yeah but i you can't do that yeah you, you obviously like I feel like if you get spat on, you lose all inhibition. But also, 
you gotta you gotta hold it back. It was really really blurry though, and yes, there's mucus coming out of the man's mouth. But I I feel like we're going through Spitgate again. I, with I the know. LeBron James stuff. <laughs> it's you really can't assume with football with like mouthpieces and everything because it's very easy for saliva to catch up in your mouth guard whenever you talk and you yell. I after think being, it's the way he turned his head. Yeah, I see. I'm not. I don't know. I'm still not sold on the on the spit thing, but. It does not matter what you do. You should never throw a punch in a football game, especially whenever you're a huge player like Cody Ford. Uh, that would have completely turned the game. And Lincoln was sitting there on the sideline waiting for him to get thrown out. Cody Ford was waiting for it to get thrown out. And then like they both kind of looked around like, are they really not going to do it? And they didn't. But for the rest of the game, Lincoln was angry. Like That man would not let go of how much anger he had. And he had reason for it. And it wasn't just because of people blaming the rest from poor calls and everything. It's just we were making bonehead plays. Yeah, it was it was one of those games where the offensive and defense of IQ was just really bizarre. Um, you look at Paul, Parnell Motley. Uh, he had that he had I mean the, the um, that really bad pass interference where he just kind of slipped and dove into the guy. Yeah, that just feel like he lost his feet and just like oops. <laughs> yep, that just oh jeez, that was that was rough. I was I, I remember sitting there and be like, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Just stay away. It's out of bounds. Um, and then he had that drop that, you know, in retrospect, the the tech guy did kind of get in on that. But at the time, I thought he just dropped another Khalil Houghton level. Uh, it wasn't uh, bad as it wasn't Khalil Houghton's was lob, but yeah, you would have wished you would have got that. And yeah, and there was a little bit of contact there. But with Parnell, uh, that one interception in the end zone, that should have been a pick. And that was yeah. the biggest gimme. That would have, if you would have dropped that, that would have been a Khalil. And it was extremely easy. The guy slipped. You're no man's land, essentially, just an interception. Mm-hmm. And I that that is definitely something to be upset about. I'm not usually one to blame the refs on stuff. That was very poor. And especially a lot of people that were watching the games beforehand of the West Virginia Texas were really amped up about the Big 12 referees and how poor they were. Uh-huh. Because obviously you can't offend anybody by putting the horns down. Oh, yeah. No, the, the horns down is just the worst thing anyone can do. You see clearly. what Eddie's been doing oh, yeah. on Twitter? I, 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 we have the Eddie Rodosovitz, uh horns up for peace. <laughs> we are, we are, would like to go on record uh, Schooner Pod is indeed a horns up for peace podcast so we do we are looking not to offend any we we don't want to offend anyone so we are we are putting our horns down also down that horns down is now down so it's just double down so it's up anyways you know we we gotta we gotta you know just make sure to like and subscribe so we can show support for the poor texas people because they've been through so much they never get the benefit of any doubt don't do that oh no just the worst and you know a saint like tom herman they would he would never ever make fun well, of someone he's like got that. A, he's got so much good karma that I feel like the refs would really help him out. Oh, with all the good things he's done, like mocking Drew Locke. And... Oh, yeah. No, he they, they had it coming. So, yeah, it's just, I, I just, I think we need to stop persecuting, you know, good people like Sam Ellinger and uh, Tom Herman and all them that they, 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 they just don't deserve to have, have their horns down. It's yeah, sad. Yeah, it really is sad. I don't like yeah, I just, I, it, I honestly might need to pause the podcast, getting a little emotional here. So we're going to move on to something a little lighter, you know, back to back to this tech game. I, I just, I get so worked up. Um, Jeez, it was just one of those games where it looked like, even, even Lincoln Riley kind of lost his mind at, at times. I felt like the offense was getting too impatient, going with too many long bombs, mm-hmm. uh, when really they should have just 
kind of carved up the defense. Which when they when they did do that, I thought they were pretty great. And this goes back to where we just if we just fed the ball to Trey Sermon every single time, it would have been game over. Here go here we go again, where we're averaging seven plus yards per carry a game and we did it last game and i was saying yeah it kind of sounded crazy if we just ran the ball every time if we ran the ball every time i understand that the rush would be uh one not as clouded but trey sermon 26 carries 206 yards three touchdowns even if they were trying to get him he broke every first tackle and then half the second tackles it was crazy i mean the second he got to uh I mean, he would, he would get past the first bit, and then, honestly, the, the guy was unstoppable. He You couldn't take him down with one tackle. I, he could just just hand it off to him. He, he'll at least get three. I mean, it, it was it was just an incredible running performance by Sermon. Obviously, a career day. Kyler Murray did good, too, with his, with his uh, 100 yards. Um, I, one thing I love is a little hop into the end zone. That's one of my favorite things. Whenever yeah, he gets really close. Giddy up. Yeah, and he always giddy ups right into there. I, I love it whenever he does that. Yeah, that's 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 I just it makes me really happy. But defensively, let's let's dive in a little bit there. Uh, um I don't know, like Jed Duffy or Jed Duffy clearly, clearly not the guy. There was a clear difference whenever he came into the game. Bowman definitely was carving us up until his lung collapsed again. But uh, that sucks. anyone, it really sucks. But anyone who thinks that the defense, you know, significantly improved in the second half, it's because it's because of Duffy. Let's be real. Yeah, Alan Bowman was twenty-one of twenty-six on us. Like the man was not making any incomplete passes, and I, it was so weird because uh, I thought I was watching uh, Mike Stoops coaching our defense because. They were just doing little five-yard out routes and little screen passes, and I look back, and our cornerbacks are allegedly four-four speeds are playing ten yards off. Wouldn't you think that you could at least play tight coverage whenever you have athletes at corner? Yeah, uh, I once again confused, and that makes me think if it actually is legitimate. Whenever Ruffin said, "Yeah, uh, we're not going to really see much change with Mike gone because we are all on the decision making of the defense," uh, because you're giving. 10 yards out to these quick Texas Tech wide receivers. Uh, I understand that my my guy to watch, Antoine Wesley, almost had 200 yards. Yep. And uh, they probably were very scared of his height, and it would help them to play a little off. But whenever you play off every single down, it's, it's so easy. It doesn't take Cliff Kingsbury to realize, let's just throw some 12-yard out routes every time and just take them off the field. Yeah, and you could tell there was a huge difference with uh... – with Tech in the open field versus Tech whenever they got into the red zone. There were several times where OU was pretty close to making a red zone stop. and We had a couple fourth downs that we that we blew. Yeah. One with a penalty and then one they scored on. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there were, we, I think we, yeah, there was a couple, yeah, there were two fourth downs. Yeah, one they scored on, one with a penalty, and then another one on the same drive with a penalty. Yeah. We had like a, we had like an eight play, you know, an eight play red zone thing that, it just the thing is OU looks a little bit better and they can almost get it together. They just I don't know. They 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 they're missing something. We we really did with our reputation of not being able to stop touchdowns in the red zone. All in all, I was pretty impressed with how we did. Getting it to fourth down was very good in a normal aspect. Teams are going to kick that field goal, but mm-hmm. Texas Tech it was it was in that kind of middle area where they're going to have to go they, every they single needed time. To. If they we were up thirty, they would have kicked the field goal. If they were like 
um, down 30, they'd kick the field goal, you know. So um, it's it's a really, a really good sign that we are getting to that point, and we could have had a turnover if it wasn't for a blown call. Yeah, and, and so, we did get one. The only problem is, is, is a sack two-point conversion. Yeah, and, and that's just great. We got two points. We saved two <laughs> yeah. points. That's a four-point turnaround right there. That was great. They got us over the 50-point mark. I was happy as could be. And with our defense, it's kind of weird. One thing, uh, a couple of things I want to make on the secondary, even though uh, I've been critical about Buki, we did kind of look like we were we had a missing piece without Buki. Definitely, I'm I'm not saying that it's he was he makes such a huge like impact on the game, but it's like he's kind of our uh, our jack of all trades and the guy he can switch from nickel to safety and everything. Yeah. When we had to put in Broyles and Parker, Parker had a couple of good pass breakups and everything, but it's just like we it looked like we needed he was kind of our glue. I, f- I feel like we kind of fell apart without him. Aside from, I mean, Robert Barnes did really well. I yeah. really like what Robert Barnes did. I think he solidified his spot over Khalil Houghton. Yeah, and I I I agree with that. I I think I think Barnes. I mean that 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 is a guy right there. He he. It's time to start playing him. I we've always kind of we've kind of been clamoring for him a bit. He you know had, had I think some injury issues yeah, mid season. Yeah, he did at the beginning of the season. So like he, but I think I think they're finally getting to the point where they realize okay, it's it's time for Robert Barnes. Well, to and they over. and they knew he's got skill. I mean, he's a redshirt freshman, but he was a highly touted recruit. I, I think he was a middle high end four star. Mm-hmm. So like that, you got to play the man's good size, a good athlete. Um, they've been sending him to all of the media afterwards. They've kind of him and Curtis Bolton are kind of their spokesmen for the defense recently. So they obviously think highly of him. We got we got to see a lot of Delaren Turner yell at the same time too. True yep. freshman. That was great. Uh, safety. He's he's good for energy. He's nothing special. To I don't think we're gonna have to praise him for anything. But I mean, it's nice to see him out there. He's doing his job. That he didn't do anything bad. He didn't do anything good, and that's just fine on the OU defense. Yeah. And one thing I was also impressed with was. I felt like our defensive line did a really good job of creating pressure on both Bowman and Duffy. There were several times where um, where you'd where you'd see Gallimore. Or, uh, yeah, Gallimore had a good sack, but yeah. he didn't play much. No, he didn't play much. But you would see, yeah, you you wouldn't see a lot of Gallimore, but you would have guys like a lot a lot of Q Overton miss a couple tackles, but. The thing is, you'd see Bowman like scrambling a couple times. They there was some pressure on Tack. Yeah, Bloodsoe had a good sack too. That was really good. Uh, and once again, Kenneth Murray and Bolton running all over the field, doing really well. Curtis Bolton only had four tackles. That was kind of weird, even though it looked like he was really kind of everywhere. Murray, uh, he has stepped up to the plate. Yeah. He's, if you listen to our first podcast, we were quite skeptical. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, you put your thumb down, and say who's our best defensive player, and. You're right. You say Kenneth Murray. Yeah, it's Kenneth Murray, or uh, it's pretty much it's 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 going to be Murray or Bolton. You're going to yeah. flip it. You're going to flip it up. And and it's great because they're on they're on the quick track. Ever since that Army game, that the Big Twelve All First Team defense definitely. After yeah, that definitely. And and getting back to the defensive line, it was one of those Nick Collison games where uh, the impact they had didn't really show up on the stat sheet, but I thought it was definitely there. Um, Either way, I like the improvement of they're actually. I think this is one of those things where I notice them more because they weren't there pretty much at all this earlier this season. So now I'm like, oh wait, they did a good job because they actually showed up. Oh, but, one thing that really did st- stand out to me though that's the past couple games. I've been really disappointed with Ryan Jones 
so far this season. Yeah. I feel like they really kind of hyped him up as a, this athlete that's going to be kind of all over the field. And I feel like he's just kind of missing assignments. He really doesn't know what to do. And part of it's because he was an athlete, converted to safety, then converted to outside linebacker. So that might be hard for him. But it's just it's just always weird when he's out there. I've been disappointed with Mark Jackson. Uh, Mark Jackson, I... I don't know, rough and season the man, but he keeps putting him into coverage. Everyone's like, ooh, look at the Mark Jackson hitty on the on the wide receiver. You know why that happened? Because he was just standing there just randomly, and Jet Duffy just decided to throw it into traffic. And, of course, when you got a big old defensive in there, he just dipped his shoulder into a wide receiver running across the middle. Of course it's going to be a big hit. Uh, Greasy, the guy calling the game, was a big old dingus. He kept... <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, people are pissed about that because apparently they have Greasy for Bedlam. Oh, what? No. They have the exact same crew with uh, Steve Levy and Bob Greasy. Oh, God. So I'm glad I'm going to be at that one. Greasy was calling Ronnie Perkins a Jack linebacker the whole time. What? And, and I don't know where you got that from. He, he obviously looked at a little bit of, like, Oklahoma on this scouting report but did not do enough into detail where he only kind of half-assed knew everything. It, it was... It was a rough, rough yeah. call from. I, I, I was, I had it muted when I rewatched it, but jeez. And, and with Steve Levy, I mean, I liked the guy. I liked him on Sports Center whenever he did with Barry Melrose and their little hockey corner kind of thing. Yeah, uh, whatever. No, I always thought that was good, but it's just weird for me to hear his voice from a Sports Center anchor to like a college football. Yeah, and so it's just I, I'm not a big fan of that crew, and I'm kind of, I guess, we're jealous because we've got a whole lot of Gus Johnson yeah. this year, and that, that's he's just obviously the best now. well it would be like hearing like scott van pelt call a game which i think would just kind of throw me off because i'm like you're not supposed to be on my football I know. this isn't a highlight and it's i just weird and i watched so much sports center as a kid because i mean like before like twitter was a big thing for sports knowledge you had to re-watch sports center on loop if you wanted to know stuff yep you had to make and, sure you got it all and i mean that's what i do so i mean like all like like steve levy has been in sports center and like calling those for a while now so he's a common voice yeah, it's I, I get that. It just it just wasn't there. I miss Gus. Excited to have Gus back. Whatever, whatever that will be. I don't, I don't yeah. really know. Anyways, um, what else? What else from this game? What about this... Kennedy Brooks only getting a couple carries? He yeah, only four carries. I, uh, I guess it's kind of a ride in the hot hand thing with Trey Sermon. Yeah, and you know we a couple of weeks ago I was this close. Uh, bad radio, of course. Visually, just inch, just inches. From calling uh, calling Kennedy Brooks their best back, and he's gotten barely any touches since. And honestly, I think I think it kind of his I think Brooks's performance against CC really lit some under the, the minister because Trey Sermon's been just lighting it up. But with, with that being said, I want to see more Kennedy Brooks. I just want to see more running. This is a team that I think it can be a great running team, and establishing the run gets guys like Marquise Brown and CD Lamb open. I was really disappointed with Marquise Brown and CeeDee Lamb's games this week yeah. as well. Uh, I just, they didn't feel like they were making a huge impact. Lee Morris was making a great impact. Leading receiver. Uh, but, but Marquise Brown, especially with CeeDee's penalties, that killed him. And I feel like he kind of lost his mojo after that. Like, he really didn't know what to do. He was kind of like, should I still go at these guys? Because CD's got flair in him. He, that's how he plays, you know? Yeah. And uh, after that, he was so scared to do anything. Uh, he, like They threw it to him right after he got those penalties, and he just kind of just let it go. I just, I, He didn't really know what to do. Marquise kind of went down with a little hamstring, 
in, injury was, there, but weird. he, was, he yeah. was fine. I feel like there's been a couple times this season where he's gotten just a little tweak and he comes back in. That kind of concerned me. But if if he would have caught that deep ball, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he was like right there and it was just like an inch farther, we'd be talking differently. Use two hands. Yeah. It's, uh, uh-huh. I mean, the, it was just a very weird game passing. Um, and I think it, no other moment was more highlighted than the than the fade for Carson Meyer in the corner. Oh, yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, what, what in the you, world? I go, I go, what are y'all doing? He wasn't even open. I, I mean, yeah, and, like, the guy trash-talked to Carson right after, and Carson was just, like, pointed his fingers, like, I just caught a touchdown on you the time before. I'm the fullback, and they're throwing fade routes to me. What do you want me to do? That is the ultimate <laughs> insult. Yeah. Just throwing a... I love Carson Meyer, and, you know, his drop at the end of the second yeah, was that a little... Hurt. Yeah, Carson's the rough, boy, but, but that, that, was, that was rough, and you could tell that really hurt him. But, yeah. I mean, that's going to happen. People are going to drop balls. Yeah, it, and, it happens. And, uh... I mean, it's it's a fullback. So. Yeah, I, I always love my fullback. So, and we got to see a lot of like a lot more, just in gradual amounts of Charleston Rambo. That's a guy that we thought at the beginning of the season was going to kind of be that number three wide receiver. Uh-huh. And what we've kind of seen is we really don't have a number three wide receiver. Because I, to be to be honest, I really don't view Lee Morris really as a wide receiver. I think he's kind of like the Mark Andrews. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, and because like. He's he's a bigger guy, and we play him kind of closer to the line. He plays wide out. He doesn't block like a tight end or anything, but he kind of runs those kind of in in the middle of the field routes, you know. Yeah, and it's not really a slot either. Exactly. It's it's he's he's at a weird spot, um, and mainly because I realized for the this whole half of the season, I've. I kind of thought that him and Miles Tease were the same person. Oh, no. So anytime Miles Tease would be out there, I'd be like, oh, it's Lee Morris. I'm like, nope, that's Miles Tease. <laughs> They're like so different in size. Too. I, I don't. <laughs> Miles Tease is such a little boy. I have no <laughs> idea why I mix them up. I, it's literally just the number, 84 and 87. So I just automatically, it's, it's the dumbest thing I do, but. And another thing I want to loop back on, remember when we were talking about how Drake Stoops is going to make a big impact yeah, on the no. season? Uh-huh. Where'd that Yikes. go? He hasn't even touched the field. They, they're they redshirting him, clearly, and that's... They, they obviously, they saw his town, they said they have to have him redshirted. Yeah. That, that, that's the only explanation. That I, I guess that's the only explanation I can think of, apparently. But... And one thing before um, we move on to uh, OSU game, I want to get you just thinking of, what do you think about... Kyler possibly staying another year playing college football. I see. I don't know. I'm a guy who, if you have that contract and you want to get that money, get it. But I think Kyler. I have a weird feeling he might be just a football guy. Like I think he wants to play football. Um, I could see him making that decision. I don't know if it's a decision I personally would make. If I, I mean, money's nice. I love football, but like, geez, five mil. That's that's a lot to give up and. I don't know. I could see him coming back. I, I think it's a question now, at least. There, there's so whenever it came out with Link, whenever they're asking questions to Lincoln about like, is there a possibility that he could play? Lincoln kind of alluded just slightly. If you're reading him between the lines, that he could, you know, play play football. Kind of, he said that he kind of would have the option. And there's rumors going around recently, the past couple weeks, that there's a clause in his contract where he could pay back the 4.6 million signing bonus. And wow! Opt out of the contract, which is crazy. Wow! So, I don't know necessarily with that knowledge that he'd come back to OU. I think it would be because I, I he's obviously spent four hundred dollars on a shirt that had a tiger on it. So <laughs> I, he's gonna have to find four hundred dollars to pay for that shirt. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure the only thing is he's like, oh no, you know, I, I, you know, I would really like to play football again, but the tiger shirt. <laughs> 
yeah. I want to keep the tiger shirt. Yeah, so he's going to have to figure out to get some money for that. But uh, I think that if he paid it back, I mean, if you could get more money as a first-round NFL pick. And with this quarterback class and how – like, Tua's not going to this quarterback class. No. Let's not forget about that. Like, he's got one more year here. Yeah. So this quarterback class – we all thought it was Justin Herbert. It was the best. And Justin Her- Herbert, even though he's shown good flashes, he's just been inconsistent. There's no star, like, quarterback. Drew Locke's had inconsistencies, and we thought he was going to be. Like, Kyler could, even though he he's listed at 5'10", 5'11", he's, he's probably 5'9". Yeah. And that's going to be hard for a lot of NFL teams, but you can't doubt this talent. And you, as if you put him, okay, put him next to Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson was drafted at the end of the first round. Lamar Jackson had not as good athleticism as Kyler, not as good throwing, uh, not nearly as accurate, uh, not as fast. The only thing different with them is his size. Uh, and he got drafted in the first round, and it only takes one team to kind of say, let's do it. Yeah. And really, all, all you, you really just have to ask, do I have an unathletic white quarterback to line up to, you know, 30 yards to the left of him yeah. and then let him run? Like, I, I, I've i really enjoyed the Ravens kind of mix of offense this year, but I really don't get it why they put Joe Flacco in at the wide receiver. I don't know. Like, just take him out of the game. You don't need to have him stay. I mean, they're not... He's just not going to bomb over. Dylan. Just wait till Joe Flacco catches one for a touchdown, the, and then we'd have to ask: Is Joe Flacco an elite receiver? Which, oh yes, he's oh, yeah. better than Tom Brady. I, he is definitely better than Brady. Oh my god, what a wow! I forgot about that. His drop in the play in the uh, Super uh-huh. Bowl. Oh, yeah. that's hilarious. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's actually a question now. Which I thought we we all kind of thought Kyler would be good, but his decision making and his throwing ability. I, I didn't think we thought it would be on this level, which is oh, yeah. just, it's phenomenal. Oh and, my gosh. Yeah, we still he's still got a whole lot to prove. He doesn't have a lot of experience playing the quarterback position. So uh, I feel like there's, this is only a very short story thus far. There's m- much more to learn of him. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, what my, I guess there's, there would just be one little note. I loved our power running game. Liked Jeremiah Hall, seeing him finally. Yeah, he caught a pass. Yeah, he did. It was, I, I kind of forgot he existed. I had to ask the guy next to me who he was. Uh, but, yeah, there we go. So that's wrapping up that disaster of a game. Uh, time to just kind of just ignore it. I Honestly, I'm just going to ignore this one. Hey, 1-0 every week. Uh, yeah, 1-0 every week. I just... I just Honestly, I probably shouldn't forget about it because next time we have a game in Lubbock, I'll be like, hey, I should go to Lubbock. I, I keep making this mistake of wanting to go to Lubbock after having bad experiences there. Yeah. It was decent this time, but I, I really – nope, this is the last one. I'm done. Um, anyways, let's uh, – before we move on to the Oklahoma State game – well, actually, this is a pretty huge part of the OSU game. The Cruden Corner – it's pretty packed this weekend. Oh, man. I'll try to go through it as quick as possible for y'all, but there are a lot of visitors, and I hinted that at last pod. Uh, there are 14 total visitors, uh, I believe, if I counted right. I, um, but just going over it quick with y'all, for the current guys that are committed in the 2019 class, you have guys Trajan Bridges, wide receiver, five-star Marcus Alexander, offensive guard. Spencer Rattler, five-star. Stacey Wilkins, four-star. Offensive tackle, Jamal Morris, Four-star safety, Marcus Hicks, four-star DN, Marcus Major, four-star running back, EJ Ndoma-Gar, 
four-star guard, and then 2020 Drew Sanders, uh, four-star athlete. There are some big names coming out there from uh, 2019 class. Uh, it'll be fun to see those guys, but that's not why I'm excited. 2019 current recruits, we have 19 total. Uh, after getting Finley Felix uh, recruit the other day, I hinted at that whenever we saw those eyes around September 30th. Uh, it's a Juca three-star offensive tackle from Kansas. Uh, he doesn't really have many offers. We were just kind of desperate at tackle. We had offered a lot of Juco tackles, which the, none, none of them picked, like Anthony Wigan and uh, Jonah Tuanu from who committed to Oregon. So we kind of just needed a tackle and might as well just take a Juco. It's always nice to get a Juco offensive lineman every year. Yeah, the experience helps because I feel like O-line is that position where it's the biggest jump between high school, from high school to Oh, to, to college because you're not I mean it, it, you're just flat out not playing against you, kids anymore you don't see many young guys playing offensive line uh right off the bat it's most like you most see your juniors and seniors and that's why like when they're really big and they get news they immediately go to the draft you don't mm-hmm. see really guys like oh this guy was really good and then falling on to the next year yeah um that's why it's so rare to see what we have with Creed Humphrey right now because he's this is a redshirt freshman that he's gonna have this year, next year, and then possibly he's going to evaluate if he wants to do NFL. Yeah, and, and I think the biggest thing for me about playing, you know, older, experienced uh, O linemen is if you, if you remember Orlando Brown's freshman year, it, it it's an experience for these really big guys because you're like, oh, I can't just be strong and win the win the battle. You have to be technical. Oh yeah, and definitely, it, it's it's very very mental and. Yeah, in in high school, they they don't really require much footwork and much fundamentals. They don't have to they don't have to do that much. They not many of them go to the skill camps during the summer because yeah. it's all seven on seven stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where a lot of those athletes kind of pick up to the next level. Uh, but yeah, uh, Finley Felix, good get. Nothing special, nothing to rave about. Everyone who really pays attention to recruiting already knew this was coming. Everyone who listened to Schooner Pod knew it was coming. Uh, yeah, so now with eyes, we're just kind of just waiting to so hope we get another, and there's a very, very good chance we get them this um, weekend. Yeah. Uh, guys that we have coming, uh, David Ugwogabu, I don't know how to pronounce that. but It was a we, good attempt. But he's, uh, so our main goal with defensive ends, we really don't care how highly touted they are. We're really trying to get these 6'4", six, 6'5", six, plus guys that are really tall and just, just athletic just molds of a beast and trying to shape them because they know that it's really hard to get defensive linemen uh to come to OU that are really highly like prospects but if we can get raw guys then morph them into something that's what we see with him uh, I've read a lot of articles on him says his leadership is great uh he's so much potential and everything he's um all crystal balls to Texas A&M right now but Texas A&M has a huge amount of defensive ends on their commits so something's got to break there another Texas A&M 100% crystal ball is Marcus Stripling it's a guy we've been going after for a long long time he's going to be a visitor just recently announced like maybe like an hour or two ago that he was coming um we've been going after trying to get him a visit this whole year and we finally got it to OSU is pretty much the last possible visit he ain't coming to Kansas yeah um this is a guy I feel like we have a really good chance to impress because we've been kind of in contact with him for a long time. This would be a huge get for us. I don't think it's going to be a guy who's going to commit this weekend or anything, but definitely this visit means a lot to make a good impact on him. Uh, the biggest recruit of this weekend is Evan Neal, 
tackle out of IMG Academy, five-star. Most crystal balls going to Alabama right now. Originally was Miami, but uh, recent reports came out that he's really um, feeling more Alabama. Uh, this is a guy, I mean, uh, we could turn, we could just make him love it, but I don't really see that coming. But it's just so really, really awesome to see five-star athletes coming to Norman for official visits. And then uh, Jeremiah Cradell. This is a safety Oregon commit, high-end four-star, and it's really cool to see we get an Oregon commit coming down for a visit. This would be great because we need one more guy in our secondary. We've been struggling. Jordan Battle recently, safety out of uh, Fort Lauderdale that we thought we had a good chance with. Uh, They said it was 50% OU, 50% Ohio State. Then all of a sudden, three crystal balls of Alabama came out recently. So I don't know what that is. The bag man came through. Yeah, that that has to be something there. So uh, that's not looking as good. And I said earlier, last podcast, he's kind of lost traction there. We're trying. And Chris Steele, that was another guy we thought we could have got there. Losing traction there, most likely going to Florida. Yeah. And then lastly on the 2019 guys, uh, Thomas Grayson, Booker T running back. This is just kind of guy who's been doing really well recently and just kind of just letting them come out there. If worse comes to worse and we can't get a running back, that might be a guy we throw an offer at the last second to let him come in with Marcus Major. Yeah. 2020 guys, Miles Brook, he's a cornerback out of Florida. This is a big target for us. We really want him. He has mixed crystal balls, not really a big simple sample size on it. Uh, we would really like to impress him. Which one, these 2020 guys, these are more of a chance to getting a commit because they're young and they're going to get really excited about these visits. And if we can show them a good atmosphere, and OU has proven that they've done really well in their visits and impressing kids. Especially early. Yes. I mean, that we, we fortified the 2019 class really early. That's how we oh, got it. Oh, and 2020 is very fortified, too. we got yeah, Jace exactly. McClellan, his running backs, five-star out of Alito. Uh, Jalen Knighton high-end four-star running back out of Deerfield Beach, Florida, and he's probably going to turn into a five-star. He's played like the best back in um, Florida. This It's unreal the numbers he's been putting up. Our 2020 class is awesome. Yeah. Uh, another guy we got coming out is DJ Graham. This is an interesting one. This is why I said there possibly could be eyes. Recently, in the past month or two, there have been crystal balls shifting a lot for this guy towards OU. Um, I don't know why that is. There really hasn't been much... Uh, say visits for him and now he's coming in he's a wide receiver out of texas he's a 0.924 star out of uh yeah out of texas and i think this is definitely a guy we could get to commit last guy uh on the 14th is quentin johnson the wide receiver out of texas he doesn't even have any rankings right now but he's one of those guys that he's six foot four and lincoln riley likes what he sees um his best offers tcu and duke that's yeah we can separate there and we already offered him too so this is that's also a guy that we could make a huge um impression on and uh it'd be cool to get but yeah i know that was a lot that was a lot of names but there was a lot to go through and and this is just very huge for us uh and i'm really excited to see it i kind of nerd out on recruiting i'll never get to that point where i'll uh tweet at recruits I'm not that big of a nerd on Twitter or anything, but I, I really like following it because it's something I've never really followed until a couple of years ago, and it's something kind of fun and new. Yeah, and it's fun. I, and it's year-round, so you never really lose OU football on that end. And it's kind of a mystery and kind of looking into it, and there's there's you can never stop looking at recruiting. So I, I really enjoy it on that end, and uh, yeah. So yeah, it's constantly go. changing, constantly going. It's fun. And again, the reason why we... You know, there's so much to talk about because big game, we got Bedlam. 
Um, whether or not you think it's really that much of a rivalry, it always carries a little bit more weight than any other game, I feel like. Um, and I, I've always felt like the Norman ones don't have the same energy, but there's still energy to it. Yeah, I feel like those Norman ones... I mean, there's been there's been a lot of Norman ones where it's like, I haven't really paid too much attention to it at the game because we really just come out really hot at them, excluding excluding that uh, one where we blew it to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I mean, that's different. I left... I left that game and watched the rest of it at Fuzzies. Uh, it was one of those where the squad left, and I was forced to leave as well. And it was I, I did not want to leave, but I had to because I mean, like I did, I was I can't be by myself, you know. Yeah, I get left. that. But it, I mean, that was just torturous watching it from a TV away, even though we lost. But uh, the past couple at, uh, that we've had has just been kind of just eh. yeah, they're just in Norman. I don't know, and I, I think because I mean, you you and I both have experienced uh, Bedlam and Stillwater. Um, it's just a different, like, they, they just have, it's their Super Bowl. Like, they absolutely hate us to a degree that is just, it's like if it was, if it was OU Texas, but the entire stadium was Texas. Yeah. It's the way I look at it. And it's, and it's an awesome rivalry, don't get me wrong, but it's just Oklahoma fans don't take us seriously because we have Texas that we hype up. And OSU just comes along and, like like this me this week, I'm like, oh, it's OSU week, whatever. But with Texas week, I'm so excited the whole week. It's Texas hate week. Exactly. With OSU, this is just a little brother that you play in the backyard. And, I mean, you just expect to beat him. I mean, how many times Mike Gundy won? Twice? Yeah, twice. And one of them, he was facing it off against Cody Thomas and had Bob Stoops practically delivered to him. So, I mean, there's nothing really on their track record that's quite uh, concerning. and uh, But this year they've got talent. They've really, really underwhelmed after their 4-0 start. Uh, we thought that they might have a chance to come back and kind of show something after their only win in Big 12 versus Texas. But they uh, decided to choke it versus Baylor. Huge uh, letdown. What a, what a, what a disaster that uh, was. I don't know if I want to attribute it to the Sailor Bear, but Sailor Bear did come out. It, it more or less, I alluded to it in the in the Sailor last Bear. podcast. Uh, it's hard to pick because uh, we didn't know the status of Brewer. And Brewer didn't play because they had McClendon playing. And OSU was easily up by 14, and they put in Brewer, and Brewer comes back and beats them. They just flat out benched him. And I, then, he, then he turns it around. I don't know what the rule was thinking on that one. Brewer's obviously one of their stars, and it showed whenever you come in, you lead a comeback versus LSU. And, and I mean, that's just a really cool moment for Baylor, and I, I, that was that was fun to see. But it was really, I did not want to see it, really, for OSU, because I like OSU coming up with just a little confidence into this game, because I kind of like to hear the Aggies kind of chirp up there. Uh-huh. And, and it's, it's kind of comical, because... There's some Aggies that are just kind of pessimistic in nature, and they're like, "Oh, we're just like the, the they know they're the little brother." Yeah. And then there's some that are just they think that they're just so good. OU's overrated in every single aspect, and it's just because OU's reputation that they're getting stuff. And I, like, I've heard people like try. <laughs> this reminds me of someone I'm not gonna say who it was, but we have a friend that uh, had a, a girlfriend that tried to convince me that OSU oh, should should have oh. been. Uh, over OU in the polls two years ago because they she tried to pull the transitive property on me since they beat someone that we lost to therefore they should be above us in the polls. Was it was it where where she was like oh they beat was it the one you know, we made the playoffs or what yeah. was this yeah yeah, yeah she said we sh- that we should have missed the playoffs because they beat Texas yes jeez oh, it just it's just the thing is these OSU fans have just negative football IQ and will. And, and the problem the, the problem is 
they they know they're bad. They've seen Corn Dog. They 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 get it. Corn and now they're already talking about you know oh look at our wrestling titles and our equestrian and you know we're the number one dynasty in sports. And... Or are you talking about Corn Dog, the ex Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Week? I know <laughs> that was a, some hell of a week, and now he's. Um, He's back to being terrible. Uh, corn doggy. I mean, last game he at least he didn't like do too terribly horrible. Like he didn't throw an interception. But I mean, look at the completion percentage. 24-41. I mean, sixty-six yeah. QBR. And you God. and you alluded to this in your article this week. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually very scared of corn doggy, and um, and it's only because OSU watched the Texas game and they saw what Sam Ellinger did in those quarterback runs. And Corn Doggy is just like Ellinger, except like, he can't throw and doesn't have receivers. Yes, exactly. But I, they're going to do that little run QB run with us, and we just never in the history of OU have ever been able to stop it. So I, I'm a little nervous on that end. I'm not scared of Corn Doggy throwing the ball. He just he has that Roethlisberger running style where he takes two steps and falls over, and that's something that OU has never been able to really stop or stuff and. I could see I could see him and Justice Hill doing like this weird like rushing grinded out game. I don't know if they will. Uh, Kansas State tried it. I, they didn't do great at it. But I, the thing is with OSU, they have nothing to lose. This is their season has been defined by Texas. Could be even if I mean if if they win this game, Cornelius is going to be a legend. Yeah, and, and that's really it shouldn't be. Oh God! The that, same way Case McCoy is a legend at Texas. That is, that is a nightmare to think that's even possible. Uh, it is a little nerve wracking because they do kind of have a setup to where OU is very vulnerable on defense versus them. Uh, thank God they're off. They're, um, their their defense, their defense is, so is atrocious, and they gave up Baylor thirty five points in. Most of that game was to a guy that was Jalen McClendon, who's not a good quarterback. No. A guy who was 10 to 17, 102 yards, and one interception beforehand. And then Charlie Brewer comes in, 4 of 8, 56 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I think Charlie Brewer is a little bit of a downgrade from Kyler Murray. So I'm kind of excited to see what we do their defense, but it's kind of let's see our defense step up after a really poor week versus Texas Tech. And let's see if we can finish those plays that we kind of left. Just bear. We we were very close on many plays. You know, we had a, like a, a bunch of almost. Let's see if we can finish those almost. Yeah, and I, I think I think the big thing is that letdown against Texas Tech, not having a great showing. I think that's the best thing that could have happened to you because mm-hmm. they're going to come out. They're going to come out guns blazing against the OSU. I think they're going to really try to bury him. OSU Justice Hill's been talking smack on on. Good, Instagram. bring it. I feel. I'm, why? Why do they do that? I feel like there's, there's always something. It makes know? no sense. Why do you? Why are you trying to tag them? You know, tag tag them as as little. What, what was it? Little children and <laughs> yes, uh, and, and baby boy. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I really, I really enjoyed that. I, I love it. I love it. And uh, they asked. I think they asked Robert Barnes about it because he was tagged. I think he might have been tagged as little boy. <laughs> but um, and they, they asked about it. He said. It says he's a good back, and we'll we but we do our talking on the field, so it's yeah. it's gonna get chippy, it's gonna get good. I'm excited about it, but yeah, I, I expect him to have a decent game. Uh, I feel like corn doggy run the ball. We're gonna get a little <laughs> corn doggy. I can't. I can't. That's so funny. I just go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're it's 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 gonna open up the run game for Justice Hill. Uh, kind of a guy to watch. Uh, is Tylen Wallace? This is a man who had 200 yards receiving versus Texas the week before. Um, 
if their pass game somehow gets opened up and Corn Doggy can get them the ball, which anything is possible with our cornerbacks, um, that's definitely got to watch. He is not a six foot four wide receiver. Uh, their big time receivers are not tall, so that makes with our track record this year and the pattern. If you want to follow it straight on patterns, this means that we're going to have a really good game in pass defense. Yeah, it should, and it should be. I, I think I think whenever you get smaller guys, it uh, physically puts our guys on the same level. Parnell, Motley, those type of guys can actually match up because physically they're not having to stop, you know, basically, you know, a, a nice, a nice small forward. Um, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's going to help a lot. I don't expect him to have a huge game. I think it could be an issue, but, uh, in general, I think this is a game that you should win by a lot, but OSU yeah, in, has, in general yeah. is the key to that. Though. Yeah. The, yeah. OSU, they always pull out weird tricks in Bedlam, and I don't know. I, I don't trust them. And, you know, Bedlam games are typically pretty close. I don't think it will be this year, but I don't know. It's it's it, This team is so hard to figure out, just like OU's defense is. So we'll see. Um, any other, do you have any other keys to this game? I, uh, I'm no. It's just it's. I'm very curious to see what the energy we come out and how we treat it because we, like you said, OSU is going to treat it with a whole bunch of fire. I want us to come out with a bunch of fire, and I, I'm very glad Justice Hill did make that Instagram because if we were lacking some kind of motivation to play a five and four team that just lost to Baylor, uh, coming at our what's on social media is just great. It'll give us something to get pumped up about. Um, I really hope Buki plays. Yeah. Um, like I said, he's that glue on the defense. Uh, with Lincoln Riley's secretive nature, you never thought we'd have a more secretive coach than Bob Stoops. Then Lincoln came along, so we won't know till right before the game, anyways. Until he's either out there or not. Yeah, uh, we might get lucky and get some insider report. Uh, someone sees him at practice. If you're at Norman, go look through the little black little shades on the practice and see. There's little tiny slits you can see through. That is true. So if, if you look there and you just kind of sit there and just hope you see a 44 run by, maybe Buki will play. And you can see it from the residential halls, too. Uh, so that is very true. For all four of you who live in the residential halls, uh, res- residential colleges in, in Lindsay, please check that out for us. Um unfortunately of the four i'm sure probably none of you listen to the podcast uh but i don't know it would be worth it's worth an effort so <laughs> yeah hey, sometimes you just gotta put out a fish yeah, you gotta shoot your shot to see if we can get a get get a shot of bookie but yeah let's yeah, go let's, to the picks yeah let's take a look at our picks here um all right so fresh off an absolute i i, I think people were overstating the beat down but i thought it was a very very solid win lsu wasn't that good team Alabama uh, returns home to Tuscaloosa facing Mississippi State. Uh, this is before the rankings, so we don't really know where they're going to be. But Mississippi State's going to be ranked. Um, Alabama's up, or Alabama is um, favored by twenty-four and a half. I think yeah, this is a tough one. I, I think Alabama. I think they're, they're, I mean they're going to beat Mississippi State, but I could see I could see this being a Bama backdoor, especially coming off of the big win against LSU. But I, I, you know what? G- give me Alabama and Tua to cover twenty four and a half. It's gonna be tighter than it's gonna be tighter than I think people think. But yeah, I don't care who Alabama plays, unless it's in like the playoffs. If they're at Alabama and they're playing someone in the SEC, that's not Georgia. And there's twenty four and a half on the board. Give me it. <laughs> it's yeah. as simple as that. You watch what they did versus LSU. How easy was fourteen? Oh my yeah, god! And uh. What? How much went? 29-0? Yeah. So they covered the spread versus LSU, who's the number three team in the nation, on the road. 
Now they come back at home, play Mississippi State, and get 24 and a half. Uh, I feel like Vegas should start putting these lines up to like 30-something and just daring betters to bet, bet on Alabama. Alabama at 24 and a half, just too easy. The only way that this doesn't work if there's some weird backdoor cover. Yeah, and this is a massively overrated Mississippi State team. They shouldn't be ranked. Moving on. Uh, Clemson at Boston College. This is a college game day game, which... Oh, my God. Really? Why is Boston College, like, a thing? I don't... This makes no sense. They're just stuffing ACC teams in the bottom just to kind of fill out that that thing. Just just to fill, fill out Clemson's resume... Clemson, Clemson's favorite by 20. They're going to cover. It's good. It, Clemson's got this. Last time I bet against Clemson, for some reason, I, it was probably intox, uh, intoxicated me. I, I picked uh, Florida State to cover 14 or 17 um, at home against Clemson, and they lost by uh, 49. Dude, Clemson is hitting their stride. They yeah. are really putting it together. A lot of people really were... Thinking lowly of them in their midseason, especially whenever they're having to move over from Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback. You yeah. got to remember that kid was the number one kid in the recruiting class, and he's a freshman, so it's going to have a little bit of a um, learning curve. And he's picked it up; he's doing great now. Edian, I think that's how you say the running back's last name. He's bursting the scene; he's doing great. The defense is playing awesome. Boston College been one of the most back and forth teams this year. You'd think that they are actually be pretty decent, and they got a pretty good running back. I like what's his name, like AJ Dillon, something like that. I think it is. I'll look it yeah. up because I don't want to sound stupid. But uh, yeah, I you can't really pick against Clemson whenever they've been. Yeah, it's AJ Dillon. Hey, we got a yeah. first and last name right. Yeah, there we I'm, go. I'm, pr- I'm proud of myself. But yeah, Clemson's been blowing out people, and especially with Boston College. I mean, you you might think that it might be a little bit closer because Boston College is going to get hyped up because it's college game day and they don't deserve to have a college game day on the campus. So that's kind of weird. That's the only thing that's making me reluctant, but Clemson is so much more skilled here. Uh, Yeah, man, I'm starting to double think about that, but i got to pick with Clemson here. Yeah, this is going to be another exposed game, I think. Um, Next up, we got Washington State going to Colorado. Wazoo is only favored by six. Well... Here's the thing. Washington State is the only team in college football to cover every single game they've they played in. This is a gift from the from the gambling gods right here. Six points against this Colorado team. This Colorado team that lost to Oregon State and oh, who was it last week? Like oh, Oregon no, State and yeah, someone else. Yeah, Oregon State awful. was a bad one. They they're 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 uh, one and three in their past four games. Got got thumped by USC. Arizona. Yeah. Oh, no, they're they're 0-4 in their past four. And then Arizona's just... Yeah, oh, my hey, gosh. Hey, but they covered yeah. versus Washington. How is, how is Washington State only favored by six? People still aren't going with this brand, with their brand name. And honestly, give, give me Washington State big. Yeah. Big. I like Washington State here. I mean, granted, it's kind of hard to go play in Boulder, but Oregon State went and did it and won by seven. Uh, Oregon State's one of the lowest of the low of Pac-12 football. Arizona, very, very uh, weird team this year. They had a lot of uh, talent with Khalil Tate, and then Kevin Sumlin went and screwed it all up. Uh, I guess Kevin Sumlin uh, leaving Texas A&M really did change a lot of things for Arizona, but it hasn't changed anything in Texas A&M. They're the same old average that they are every year. Uh, good job, good job, Jimbo. But uh, aside from that, yeah, I agree with you on that one, Bobby. Washington State minus six. Uh, Colorado's just momentum is just in the drain. And you can't go against Mike Leach. Mike Leach is just so fun to cheer for. 
uh yeah let's do it yeah Washington. he had that fantastic speech about buffaloes yes uh, that was great live mascots are just wonderful i they're they're the best i love them i, I do love them did you know texas Tech what said a live mascot die mid-game oh it no. ran into a wall oh, no. but it, it it bucked its its rider and ran right into a wall oh i feel like i've heard that before uh, but yeah, it's... whenever I was watching Mike Leach's thing about live mascots, first thing that came to my head was Bevo. And I was like, oh no, is he going to say he likes Bevo? He's a former OU coach. You can't say that. No, in tech too. He said, like, Mike the Tiger is just wonderful. I love Mike the Tiger. I love Mike the Tiger. <laughs> Mike the Tiger is the best. And it feels like for the first time in like eight, 18 weeks, we haven't picked an LSU game. Yeah, but, it is like, weird. They're going to they're gonna gradually fall out. Yeah, that's, that, that's a team that I think finally got a little... Little exposed. They're little, gonna be very Florida esque. They're gonna have obviously. a very good like Capital One Bowl or something. I don't good know. Good for them. Good, good for LSU. You had a good run. It was fun talking about you every week. So go Tigers one last time. Ah, uh, oh man, we got the Sunflower State Showdown. Why is it college college game? They should be at this one. Kansas at Kansas State. The uh, Wildcats are favored by twelve. Javison, um, this is a bit of a mix. It's it's a team that brought you early season glory. Versus a team that has been a pain in your side all year long, what do you what do you say? What do you got to go? Well, K State, I picked them last week and they won it for me, but that was probably one of the easiest lines you'll <laughs> ever see, giving TCU that many points. Uh, yeah, they didn't. K State didn't win last week, but it was fourteen thirteen. It was ugly, but they, they got it done. But Kansas scored three points last week. Uh, so Kansas scored three. K State scored fourteen. No, the, when the math thing, you'd think that there'd be 11 points there uh, in its 12-point line. No, I'm going to go with K-State. I oh, feel no. really good about them winning for me last week, and I like riding with it. Uh, I, I feel really good. I picked two straight K-State games correctly, and I'm feeling really confident. Kansas, uh, where they don't have a coach, and their coaching search has just been weird. Houston Nut, like you sent me. Houston Nut. Houston Nut's been an option. Uh, Les Miles has been an option. Uh, I don't know what's going up there in Lawrence. Uh, their basketball team's great. All yeah. the fans are going to be sidetracked because they've got the number one team in NCAA about to be Michigan State right now. Uh, yeah, give me K-State minus 12, and that really hurts me to say because I'm scared K-State's going to even score 12. But I think it's going to be like 21 to like... Or twenty four to ten or something like this that. This is going to be a, a mess of a game. Let me let me tell you a story my dad used to tell me about Kansas State pre uh, pre Bill Snyder. They they were one of the worst teams. Kansas also terrible. They once played to a zero zero tie that was decided after Kansas State missed a field goal to win the game. <laughs> and he, the way he put it is, there are maybe like two people in the crowd. And you could hear one faint boo in the background <laughs> for the poor soul who had to watch Kansas State and Kansas go to a, a 0-0 tie. I'm picking Kansas not because I have faith in the Jayhawks, but because I legitimately think this might be one of the grossest, disgusting games that we'll see in a while. I, I, I think Kansas State has it in them to score 14, but I don't think they can hold Kansas to uh, below three, so... I'm I'm gonna go Kansas just to just barely squeak it out. So next up we got um, Baylor at Iowa State. The Bears showing some signs of life, and Iowa State with a Big Twelve championship uh, kind of hope still. It's it's alive. So let me explain to you why I'm picking Baylor here. 
This is your... Oh, boy. (laughs) So, it is in Ames, and Ames is indeed spooky. It is not an 11 a.m. game, which is quite concerning for me. All signs point towards picking Iowa State. But how can I when I pick Baylor to beat the spread for the whole year, and you picked Iowa State to beat the spread, and Iowa State has only (laughs) lost once? I cannot let that. I cannot give you that free victory by picking Iowa State in this game, even though everything tells me Iowa State is going to clobber Baylor. I cannot. I cannot do it. As a pride pick, I'm going to pick Baylor plus 14.5 and hope for the best. Well, my my Cyclones, I tell you, they have beat the spread against every Big 12 team. They've only only failed to cover twice, once against Iowa and the other time against the vaunted uh, Akron Zips. So they, they they have been rolling with me. I think I kind of thought 14 and, and a half would be a little high. They got 14 and a half against Kansas, which was just an auto lock auto lock pick. Uh, it was a part of my 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 nearly miracle um, not miracle, but my near, nearly golden parlay I had going. Um, I gotta I gotta roll with the cyclones. How could I ditch them now, especially for Baylor? So yeah, so basically opposite of yours, except my team's been. Pretty successful. So. Yours makes complete sense. Yeah, I'm I'm going with the clones. So, anyways, Texas Tech get it gets one more chance for their big upset, their one shining moment. Uh, they have Texas coming to town. UT is um, I don't know. I think this could be an out knockout punch for them. This <sighs> is just it's just too perfect. I have no idea what's going on with this game. The Horns are favored by two. This is an extremely hard game to pick. Uh. Screw it. I'm picking Texas. Uh, Texas Tech, uh, with Alan Bowman being hurt, it's kind of hard to go on them. I think there's a lot of hype after seeing what they did to OU, but as you can see, many teams go versus OU and then kind of just falter afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just solely picking Texas because of the na- uh, the Bowman, Alan Bowman uh, possibly being hurt. And if it is another problem with his pneumothorax, it's, it's not going to be, he's not going to play. No, he's still in the hospital. As yeah. at, at the time of this recording, he's still there. Yeah, so no chance. I Jet Duffy is not going to lead Texas Tech to a win versus Texas. But I, if he does, I, I am just A-OK. Honestly, I'm picking Texas Tech, and I think it's only just because... I, I Why am I picking Texas Tech? I, I don't really... I don't even know if I really believe in this now I look at it. But honestly, it just would be too funny for Texas to go on a three-game losing streak after, after hitting, like, what six in the country? Well, it makes sense because Texas just lost to OSU. <laughs> yeah, and this is here's the thing. This is how you go one and seven is you pick like Texas Tech for some reason. I I don't know. I'm gonna get, I'm going Texas Tech. Why not? I, I don't. Feel, I feel like every time this year they just go. I don't know. I'll just pick this team. You've been horribly on it. And then <laughs> and then I'll like lock down and do like a, have a really good week. Yeah, NC State definitely. Yeah, yeah. screw it. Why not? I'll I mean, take the bait. You know what? I, I'm, I'm switching to Texas. I'm going. Oh, Texas. what have I done? No, you no. you pick Texas Tech. Uh, no, yeah, I'll okay. <laughs> Stick with them. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> stick with Texas Tech. Jeez, I, 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 the way the more and more I look at it, I'm thinking of Jet yeah, Duffy. Yeah, I Ugh. knew it. It was Jet Duffy is what gets you. It's just I keep thinking of Jet Duffy and how rough he was. And but think about Ellinger and how they just complained about the horns down. That's, that's also a, that's the thing. I'm so mad at Texas, and I think it's so funny that they lost. That oh man, they, but they're gonna bounce back. It, it, I'm going. I, you can't talk me out of this. I'm switching to Texas. Yeah, I think this pick is the easiest of the week. Yeah, uh, this is a team that just played Iowa State. I mean, uh, West Virginia to one point, and that is very, very. Uh, 
That's a great sign. If Going Bo- on to that. If uh, Bowman if Bowman played, I would pick Tech, but I, yeah. I, I just can't. I, I just can't with a good conscience pick Texas Tech. Yeah. So West Virginia minus twelve and a half. They're at home versus totally TCU. Them. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I think that's that's a way low line. Oh my god! And I I've talked pretty much all season about how I've been. My my two money makers are betting on Iowa State and betting on on against TCU. And, well, I don't think West Virginia is a great team. They might have a little bit of a hangover here. 12 and a half is criminally low. Give me the, give me the Mountaineers. Easy. Oh, it doesn't make any sense. I don't have to describe much. All I have to describe to you is TCU scored, f- like, 14 versus K-State last week. Uh-huh. Uh, West Virginia just beat Texas at Austin. Uh, they're rolling. Uh, give me West Virginia big here. This is another easy pick. Yeah. All right. Moving on to Bedlam. Uh, it's Oklahoma State, I know you. You know it. Uh, OU's favored by 18. This is a weird number. I um, Bedlam always makes me a little uncomfortable, but honestly, I think this is an OU team that can really, really run it up on OSU. Give me the Sooners. I think I. It's this isn't even like a for like shrug my shoulders pick. I, I'm just gonna go with the Sooners to take to take the win. Uh, 21 points. It'll be close, but. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give OU by three touchdowns. I've switched my pick twice throughout this podcast. I, to be honest, Corn Doggy does scare me. Like I said, uh, Corn Doggy actually has a chance to be somewhat decent in this game because of the running, uh, and that's concerning. But then I thought about it and I said, How's OSU fared versus a legit OU team whenever they've come to Norman? And it's always been blowouts. Yeah. Um. And that makes me feel very good. And OSU is very, very demoralized uh, after losing to Baylor. Um, it would just feel really, really good to stomp them. And I would love to see that. And, and then I once again thought, if this is a true rivalry, why would I ever pick against OU? I don't want to have some kind of sliver of cheering for OSU. Yeah. So screw it. Let's go OU. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Well, Jameson, it's college basketball season, so let's squeeze in. Like the tiniest of college of, of OU basketball preview, um, over under nine wins. Uh, under. I'm going under. I think that we are going to be the wor- the bottom of the Big Twelve. It's going to be number, awful. Number ten. Uh, whenever Jamani McNeese is the guy that we're advertising into all of our uh, our ads and everything, uh, it's not a good sign. Christian James, he could be our star. Uh, I don't know if I'm bought on that. Brady Manick is proven to be a guy who can't take it by himself. He kind of needs to be an off-on-the-side guy. So our only shot here is if Christian James takes over. Yeah, and I think Manick has the ability to really blow up, but I think he's – I don't think he was meant – he was definitely not there mentally in the second half of last season. Definitely had some yips when it came to shooting. And I, I don't think he – I think he can take that leap, but he has to have that mindset. It's probably going to be a, a star by – um, you know, by I don't know, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think. Uh, I think some of our guys we got, you know, the grad transfers, uh, they the, will do decent. Yeah, they get us across. I think the one hopeful moment that we can take from the season is Jamal Enemy. Yeah, our, our recruit. He could be someone actually pretty good. I don't think he's going to be a star. Don't expect no. that. We were spoiled last year with freshman guard play, uh, but. Jamal Bienemy is going to show that he can be somewhat of a guy. He could stay for three or four years and yeah. actually be pretty good. I I, I agree. I think I think Bienemy is going to be a good guy. Um, that we we have, we have that new that new center who's pretty good. I can't remember his name. Oh yeah, yeah. This is just a real he'll, great great. He'll, he'll be raw. He's uh, raw. But Bienemy's got a lot of skill. He played uh, 
I think I think was it him was him who was playing uh, USA basketball or was yeah. that the other guy? I think it was him. Yeah, because there's two really good OU. OU's gotten a lot of recruits recently, so I mixed it up. But yeah, but Bienemy's got a skill set. I've watched some of his tape from high school. He looks like he'll be a decent guy. It's going to be a very raw team. Don't expect much. There's going to be beer there. Enjoy the beer. Oh, that's going to be great. I'm going to have to come out for a couple of Show days. up Show up for the beer and to watch Hannes Pola. That is oh. the two. Hannes Pola is winning. Can I, pick play over, of the year. can I pick over now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going over just on. We're going undefeated just because of Hannes Pola. We're, we're going to win the uh, Bahamas uh, thing. The oh, Battle for Atlantis. God bless. I know. Hannes Pola, man. The. I almost called him the Polish Hammer, but he's from Finland. He can, if he starts shooting more of those three-pointers that we've seen him make in the pregame warm-ups, we've got a good shot. I know. So just show up for the beer in Pola and, yeah, beat B.O. Grand Valley. So shout out to the, the, the Val, Val, Valqueros. So, well, that was that was a, that was was a your Week 11, um, week 11 preview of whatnot. It's, it's, you know what, you know what we do by now. Honestly, we're just distracted by the playoff about playoff poll is about to come out. Anyways, we will see you next week when we break down the game of the year with Kansas coming to Norman. Um, have a good week. Thank you so much for listening to us as always. Um, you know, we got the got the little Patreon link. You know, just, just throw a chip on a couple couple dollars if you like it. Five star, five star reviews, only five stars. If you chip in a little little Patreons, you might even get you know a little drunk post game podcast. Who knows? Oh, that would be pretty great. <laughs> just just a nice nice little blackout post game conference press conference. Yeah, y'all got to hear this from Bobby. This oh, sounds int- really really nice. Yeah, just just chip, if you chip in one dollar, I will do it. <laughs> this if, is low. If someone pays, this is rickety cricket. I, 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 this is rickety. I'm rickety cricketing myself here. I need. I you need this. I know you do. I will give it to you. So. Um, oh my gosh. Well, that's, that's enough talking for us. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, Boomer Sooner. See you next week.